This is Outspoken, the podcast that's not afraid to say exactly what you're thinking. Our names are Amy, Kate and Sophie Torber. We're identical triplets, but we often don't have identical opinions. So sometimes things can get heated. Outspoken covers all things reality TV, influencers, entertainment and issues facing women. That is so fetch. Thank you. Welcome back to Outspoken. Now, today is a very special day because it is Christmas Eve and there has been a lot going on for the last couple of days. How are you guys feeling? I feel like it's been a very different lead up this year. I don't mean to put a dampener on it, but I feel like we've all been trying to stay away from crowds and stay away from the usual activities that we do do in the lead up to Christmas. But I have been trying to make an effort to watch a lot of Christmas movies try and do some festive baking and just try and do things around the house that feel a little bit Christmassy and kind of take your mind Mm. off the current situation. Well, well, I'm so excited because Christmas Eve is actually my favourite day of the year and I'm getting pumped to watch Christmas carols because as we've said before, it's kind of a sport in our family Mm. to sit down, make comments on carols by candlelight. Yeah, and critique it. And last year, our dad was missing because he was unwell on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, which was very unusual. So I'm very much looking forward to his commentary in particular. I do think that Christmas Eve has a more magical feel than Christmas Day itself. I feel like there's a lot of hope and optimism on Mm. Christmas Eve. Also, as much as we take the piss out of the carols, there are some moments towards the end where I do feel a bit emotional, particularly when Anthony Kalia is on. <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean because remember when we were little and mum would sit and watch Carols by Candlelight and she'd almost be sobbing listening to some of it and I'm like, what on earth? And now <laughs> as we get older, I kind of understand it because it's this build-up of all these emotions, all this stress of getting everything mm. organised for Christmas and then it's like you finally sit down. I think this year it will also be particularly emotional listening to the carols because everyone has just gone through so much over the past two years. Mm. And I just want to say that I really feel for anyone who is spending Christmas in isolation. And hopefully, because we I discussed it with Brandon and we said if any of us have to isolate over Christmas, we're going to have a secondary Christmas. So yeah. I hope that anyone who's isolating can think and put positive energy into their second Christmas they'll have because hopefully they'll get to spend it with friends and family and it'll be just as good. Well, we've had a listener send us in a bit of a juicy Christmas dilemma. So the anonymous listener wrote, Hi girls, I have a large family and every year my sisters and I take it in turns to host. Each year we all chip in $50 and if the host goes over, they fit the bill. However, this year my sister who is hosting has suggested we start charging families per head to attend. Wow. What do you guys think about this? Well, I think that's a bit of a Christmas Scrooge moment going on because (laughs) I feel like when you're talking about paying per head, that's usually terminology you use around weddings. And the person that generally pays the wedding bill are the couple or the the family of the couple. So I just feel like throwing around that they want to charge people per head. It's like they're penalizing people who have more family members. And I just think it's not really in the theme of the day. I think also because this listener has pointed out that the sisters take it in turn each year to host, it seems like it is a pretty fair situation. Mm. So you probably Especially if they're chipping in as well. Like I think there's people generally, there's two sorts of people. There are people that love hosting and they like to go above and beyond. And I think if you're that person, you're pretty happy to put in extra money for a very extravagant Christmas dinner. However, there are the other people that don't really care, sort of do the bare basic. Again, that's their prerogative. So I think that 
by everyone chipping in a little bit out of money, it's up to the host whether they want to go above and beyond or just keep it simple, whatever's in their means. I want to know how much per head though. Like how do you work that out? What do you guys think would be a fair thing to charge per head? I think it depends on what they're serving because there's some people that, as I said, go all out and then there's some that probably aren't putting on that much. That's the thing. It is so subjective as well because obviously some people do eat more than other people. Do men eat more than women traditionally? I think the other thing we do have to remember though is that not everyone is in the same privileged position. So I could understand, for example, if this person hosting perhaps doesn't have as much money and they might think that this is a simple solution Mm. to make sure that everyone gets what they want. But where does it end? Like are we, you know, charging for drinks at Christmas Day? Are drinks extra? (laughs) You know, if you have second helpings, are you paying more per head i've just never well, ever heard I, of anybody charging per head well generally if you were to do a wedding fee a per head wedding fee yeah. drinks are included in that so perhaps this person <laughs> is charging drinks within because, who knows because there are some people who go to weddings and because they're paying a lot of money for the gift they go okay i'm gonna get back what i've put in for the gift mm. in drinks so do you reckon maybe people are gonna take advantage of this per head thing and just get absolutely smashed at the christmas line yeah but amy you're forgetting that this isn't a professional event and i think again it's more professional events that are catered for or there's an event higher fee that you charge per head it's mm. not like they're going to have some limitless bar like they're only going to have what's there <laughs> and i'm guessing if they're charging per head it's not going to be an abundance of alcohol do you know what though this question actually makes me feel so Christmassy because to me family arguments are a big part of the festive <laughs> season and i don't feel like it's christmas without one every christmas eve growing up there would always be an argument between our parents about oh i'm doing more outside i'm not do- even just them but even just their family members bickering about you know who's going to bring what and who's coming and who's sitting next to each other every family goes through that but it just it actually makes me feel christmassy Same. does it make anyone else feel christmassy or is this just yeah. like a fucked up situation it does it, i feel like it does and it's funny because i was saying to Reese because Reese and I are hosting a joint family Christmas dinner with our family and then the Turners. Wait, wait, okay, are you charging per head? Because if so, is this, what is do we Kate need? Well, do you know what? Have us reading about Kate. <laughs> we actually did our big shop um, just before and I said to Reese, well, that was quite a lot. How much are we charging per head? But um, what I was going to say is I was saying to Reese, do we need to do like place cards? And yes. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you know, so this person sits near this person he's like I don't think so yes because it it was such an important part of mum's family Christmas because it always was like oh this person would prefer to sit near this person and you're trying to keep everyone happy well I for one would love to hear if any of the listeners have ever been asked to pay per head on Christmas day because I've never ever heard of this happening so also how much they did pay per head yes Mm. and what do you think would be fair as well so go to our Facebook community which is outspoken the podcast community do you want a leg tomorrow, Dad? Mmm. I'd love a leg, Denise. Do you want a leg, Mum? Oh, yes, please, Denise. Do you want a leg, Dave? Oh, yeah, please. My dad usually has a leg as well. Right. Bloody hell, Denise, what are we having of a bloody octopus? <laughs> <laughs> A number of high-profile comedians have contracted COVID during an influencer boat party. Creators and influencers from across the country attended the event in Sydney, with many now forced to get tested last minute in the lead-up to Christmas. Sophie, this sounds like an absolute nightmare. Can you fill us in on what's gone on? 
Yeah, well, over the weekend, influencers from around the country converged on Sydney for a boat party held by Instagram and creators. Now, so there's no confusion. That is, in fact, Instagram, the platform I'm referring to, and also a platform called Creators, which supports digital creators. So this was a huge event. And the event was held on the Grass Island Yacht, which is a three-level boat which cruises the Sydney Harbour. Now, comedians who've made it big on social media, including Millie Ford, Matt Hay and Maxie Shield were there, as well as mummy blogger Olivia White and a number of other well-known influencers. Now, on Tuesday, things took a turn for the worst when Matt Hay revealed on Instagram that he, in fact, contracted COVID from the boat party event. He said, judging by my DMs, everyone has already worked out. I caught it from the boat party, which is weird because we were all outside for the majority of the night and I have no idea who the original original positive case was. And I really commend Matt because he has spoken so openly and honestly about his experience so far with COVID. And he also approached it with such humor. Now he joked that he feels like the kid in the class that got back from Disneyland and everyone wants to know every detail as his phone has not stopped ringing since he announced he has COVID. But aside from the jokes, Matt shared that his symptoms have been very severe and he believes that had he not been double vaccinated, he would have died. This is what he said. The first thing people ask is any symptoms. Yes, all of them. And times a hundred. So bad. Every time I breathe, I'm in so much pain in my chest. It's very bronchitis-y. Okay. Very bronchitis vibes. Um, sore throat, cough, dry cough, and phlegmy cough, runny nose, blocked nose, <laughs> body aches. Oh my fucking God, the fevers, the fevers, doll. Um, yesterday was the worst day. I probably should have gone to hospital. And I will say, I reckon if I was unvaccinated, I probably, this virus probably would have killed me. And I don't say that lightly, um, because during this whole two years, I've been someone who was like, well, if I get it, I'll be fine. You know, protect everyone else. But like, if I get it, I know I will be fine. I reckon I would have died just quietly. And I say that because if these are the symptoms that I am having being fully vaccinated, I wouldn't want to be unvaccinated. God, that was so frightening. And Matt backed it up by sharing himself coughing on camera. And you could really see the immense pain he was in. It was it was very difficult to watch. He also said that at one stage he was lying on the shower floor with boiling water on his head trying to breathe and that he should have gone to hospital but didn't bring an ambulance. He also said that his family was so frustrated and angry with him for not doing so. And I think that this just highlights the importance of vaccinations. As he said, had he not been vaccinated, mm. he believes he would have died from this virus. Well, it also highlights the importance of continual testing because at first, Matt actually returned a negative COVID result, but his symptoms continued. So he went and got tested again the next day, and that's when it came back positive. So in just one day, scarily, the result had changed. So Matt explained that the reason he tested so regularly is because on Friday, he was seeing a friend who was immunocompromised. On the Saturday, he was seeing his nan. And on the Sunday and Monday, he had symptoms. Well, good on him because I I feel like that's just a fear for everyone at the moment, particularly when we're going and visiting all our relatives tomorrow. I do wish that there were more of those rapid tests available. I know they're not 100%, but it would just be better to have a feeling of security when you are going around vulnerable people. Mm, Well, they are available. 
in a lot of other states except for South Australia at the moment. So we actually can't get our hands on them until the 28th of December, which to me seems like a really silly thing because I would love to have one to take before Christmas Day. Yeah, and the thing is, I'm not saying that because I'm symptomatic. I feel completely fine, but it's just a scary situation because there are so many people that are asymptomatic. Mm. Well, I think the fear is that in South Australia, Nicola Spuria said that she doesn't want to put them out until we reach 90% because people they don't want people using them as a fallback because they're not completely accurate yeah, but, all the time. But, it, but it's better that someone has some form of testing rather than no testing at mm. all because there are such long wait times. And if you're asymptomatic, you've also been told not to go and get tested. It's for people who have symptoms. So I feel like yeah. it's a bit of a backup for people to feel safe. Now back to Matt, clearly the most devastating part of this for him is that he can't spend Christmas with his family and partner and he does have to spend it alone. But he did joke that the good news is that he hasn't done any Christmas shopping yet, so he'll be saving a lot of money this year. (laughs) Now, as we know, one of the symptoms of COVID is that you lose your sense of taste. And it was pretty funny because he wanted to prove to followers just how bad it had got for him. So he did a shot and he totally freaked out because he just could not taste anything. I do remember seeing a viral TikTok where there was a girl who got COVID and she lost her sense of taste. And one of her favorite things to drink was Coke. And now to her, it tastes like garbage. I wonder if that will happen to me and Nutella that might actually be a good thing. (laughs) Well, Sophie, who else has tested positive from the boat party? Well, so far we know that comedian Maxie Shield also has tested positive to COVID and he used his platform to urge others to get their booster shots and tests done. He said he was really frustrated because he did have his booster shot locked in for Monday, but now unfortunately he won't be able to go and get it done. Now, another influencer who has got caught up in this is Olivia White, who is a mummy blogger and runs account House of White. Now, people might remember her because we spoke about her earlier in the year for selling body-shaped glasses that she did in fact purchase on Alibaba. Now that's just to trigger anyone's memory who doesn't know who she is. Mm -hmm. Now Olivia lives in Melbourne and she travelled over to Sydney for the event and it was quite ironic because on Tuesday Olivia shared a comedy clip on her Instagram story where she said she was done with COVID and I think it's safe to say that we all feel that way at the moment but she did cop quite a lot of abuse over this and she explained that being done with COVID it didn't mean that she was done with wearing masks or getting vaccinated or booster shots it just meant that she's so mentally over the virus. Now the next day Olivia shared that she was in fact in line at a testing clinic and that she could see the irony in the post. Now, she explained that she did, in fact, go to the boat party event in Sydney and there have been a whole bunch of positive cases since from it. She said that she never got a message or was notified from New South Wales Health and believes it's because she is Victorian. Now, the only reason she was in line getting a test was because a friend had notified her of what had happened. And in the friend's message, it said that people on the boat were classified as casual contacts and they had to monitor for symptoms. See, to me, I was a little bit surprised that she was only considered a casual contact because I remember a couple of weeks ago, there was a cluster of Omicron from another boat party in Sydney. So it seems like a bit of a high risk situation. Mm. I'm assuming because maybe the most of the party was outside and they, yeah. they consider it casual then, but well, who knows? Well, it's a three-tier yacht mm. and yeah, as... As Matt was saying, they were outside for the majority of the cruise. I do wonder if we will start seeing brands shy away from holding events and parties like this because I do feel like it is a little bit of bad PR for the brands involved. I think they will be opting to do a lot more intimate events and also doing events out in open public spaces, not inside small confined spaces. You know. Oh, well done. <laughs> she didn't want them. She wanted a Dyson. <gasps> oh, well, I'd love a Dyson. I'd love a Dyson. 
Well, actually, I did get a Dyson as well. Oh! Ooh. <laughs> Valerie, what a Christmas! Implants and a Dyson! <laughs> it was in the paper about a woman who had implants, and she went on an aircraft, and her implants blew up the aircraft. No, they didn't blow up the plane, ma'am. They just popped out of her bra. Oh. This week, Sarah's Day raised eyebrows after making controversial comments regarding gift giving on her podcast, The Health Code Daily. Amy, can you tell us more? Yeah, so Sarah and Kurt recorded an episode this week entitled Santa's Coming to the Teal's House. And the majority of the episode was very sweet. And it revealed that Kurt and Sarah were very excited for Christmas. And it also touched on how Kurt had put up Christmas lights to please Fox and Sarah this year. So Kurt started the episode by saying that he hoped everyone had been a good boy or girl this year, to which Sarah responded saying, no one's getting a sack of coal. She then followed up by saying this cutting comment. Actually, Kurt said to <laughs> this is the best comeback. Kurt said to me to someone who I don't particularly like in our life, and he was like, what should I get this person for Christmas? And I said, a sack of coal, <laughs> a sack of coal. <laughs> so if you want to buy a sack of coal for someone in your family you don't particularly love, then that's... That's my recommendation. So what really fascinated me is if you listen closely, Sarah refers to the person as someone I don't particularly like in our life. But then later she said she recommends for people to buy a sack of coal for someone in their family that they don't particularly love. So it seems like she slipped up a little bit here. And now Kurt's response was pretty telling. Let's have a listen to what he said. Kurt is giving me the stink eye. Oh my gosh. Wow. We've done that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. We're going there. Now, while Sarah did not name the specific family member, it's quite obvious that it's someone from Kurt's family. And to me, I thought this was really poor form to put this out there into the universe, particularly when they're about to spend Christmas Day with this person. All I can say is I'm going to be very closely watching their Christmas Day vlog to see who's there, if there's any tension involved. It also seems like Kurt has quite a small family, so it's there's not many too many people to pick from who she may have beef with. It's rather interesting, though, because I remember when their wedding video came out, Sarah's family featured heavily, whereas Kurt's seemed pretty sidelined. There wasn't much content of them in it. And this is, I mean, when you think about it, this is not just a YouTube video on Sarah's channel, and that's why Sarah's family are on it more. This is their actual wedding video. I just find the thing so awkward because, of course, as an influencer, you want to be really relatable and open up about your life. But I think when you're just dropping hints like this, it's not really very helpful. At the end of the day, if you're not going to say what the issue is, is there really a point in dropping these breadcrumbs and alluding that there is an issue there? I think that Sarah is trying to be relatable in this sense, particularly because family issues do really arise around Christmas time. However, I think that it isn't really helpful for the family dynamic going forward. And I don't really think it's something that we as you know, consumers or followers really need to know about their life. We don't generally see much of Kurt's side of the family as it is. So I don't really think it's our place to know that information or her place to share it when the family member can't actually really have any sort of right of reply to it. Well, particularly when it was kind of the dig, it wasn't like, oh, let's do an episode about how to deal with family at Christmas time. And the fact that they brought up that a lot of people have issues with their family and you have to work on those sorts of relationships. It was kind of said as an immature dig. I do 
find it fascinating that they do seem to be dropping a few bombs like this on the podcast. And it seems like, I don't know, influencers seem to think that they can be a lot more real and raw on a podcast as opposed to a YouTube video. I'm not quite sure why that is. Yeah. And the funny thing to me is that they think it's not going to get back to this family member. Like I swear that someone will tell the person and this person is going to be particularly shitty on Christmas Day. I would love to know what Sarah and Kurt have ended up getting this family member. That would mm. be particularly interesting because do you think it's appropriate to give a family member that you're not that fond of a shit gift or do you be the bigger person and get them something that they'd actually like? Well, personally, I wouldn't really want to waste my money on something that someone is going to dislike even if I don't really like the person. I don't really think Mm. that Christmas is the time to make digs. I think it is the time to come together and be nice to one another. I mean, particularly if, you know, for Sarah, if it's it's her husband's relative, I think for the sake of your husband, you want to be nice to that person. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. The Kardashians' annual Christmas Eve party is back after a pandemic-driven hiatus. The extravagant star-studded event isn't without drama this year, though, with the Kardashians' exes causing headaches. Now, before we get into this year's drama, Kate, can you tell us a little bit more about the Kardashians' annual Christmas Eve party? Well, I feel like always on Boxing Day... I'm living for seeing this event. It kind of extends my Christmas joy out a little bit. So for those who don't keep up with the Kardashians' Instagram or Snapchat, they have been throwing this annual Christmas Eve party for over 40 years. Now, Kris Jenner, the mummager and the matriarch of the Kardashian family, she hosted the first party back in 1978 when she was married to Robert Kardashian. And the event started out as a small gathering with friends and family. And as you said, Sophie, is now an A-lister event that costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to host every year. Now, Chris continued the tradition on after she divorced Robert. However, it really was the success of keeping up with the Kardashians that really took this party to the next level. And in 2018, Chris made the tough decision to pass the baton on to her daughters. So in an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Chris broke down in tears and said, I want you guys to be able to do this until you're my age and one of your kids takes over. That's the job. It's just the thought of actually not doing it at my house. I'm getting emotional. It makes me sad. It does. It makes me so sad. It's just the magic that you can make and make everybody feel so amazing on one night a year. It's that love. It's not just a party. It's changing of the Guards. It was actually Kim who took the reins from her mum in 2018 and reportedly spent $1.3 million on the event. Jeez. Unfortunately for Courtney, she hosted the following year and she seemed to skimp on the event in comparison to her sister and only spent $446,000. Jeez, not good enough, eh? <laughs> now, just to put those budgets into perspective, in 2018, Kim had real snow brought in so people could go sledding and they also have had performers like Sia and John Legend Whilst guests have included people like Christina Aguilera, Drake, Paris Hilton, Jennifer Lopez, Chrissy Teigen, and also Hayley Bieber. So you're definitely not going to be skimping when you've no. got people of that caliber at the party. Now, it's quite clear 
that an event like this takes a lot of planning. And Chris Jenner revealed that it takes her more than five months to organize. So Chris said, we start organizing in July. The first call I make is to Jeff Leithman. He's responsible for my house decorations, flowers, garlands, fireplaces, and most importantly, my trees. It's a major collaboration between him and me. And we get so excited. We're like two little kids. Then I get together with Sharon Sachs of Sachs Productions and the ideas start to take off. Now, I just hope that one day I am rich enough to have a stylist to help me with my Christmas decorations. I also love that Chris said trees rather than tree (laughs) because I really would love to have multiple Christmas trees in my house. Now, last year, the Kardashians were in fact forced to cancel the event because they've received a lot of backlash for hinting that they were still planning on having the event during the pandemic. Now, despite the Omicron situation that is impacting the world currently, the party is still on this year and the drama is real. It definitely is. And it all surrounds the important invite list. So Khloe Kardashian has disinvited. And I love that word mm-hmm. because we heard it so often on Kim's fairy tale wedding. She kept talking about disinviting people. Oh, I think she right. means uninviting. Anyway, so she's disinvited Tristan and then reinvited him. And this is, of course, amid another cheating scandal. So this time, Tristan has admitted to having an affair with Mara Lee Nichols, who claims that the basketballer is the father to her son born earlier this month. Now, Tristan filed a lawsuit disputing the child's paternity, which has been dismissed. And things have gone from bad to worse with court documents leaked to the Daily Mail revealing that Tristan has alleged that the medical reason behind Mara Lee being induced into labour was due to a sexually transmitted disease. Now, in the leaked documents, Tristan also claims that he wasn't the only athlete Mara Lee had been involved with and said that their relationship was just casual sex and nothing else. Now, to me, it's pretty clear what Tristan is trying to do here. He's trying to create this narrative that Mara Lee is promiscuous and sleeps around with a lot of athletes, and therefore he was just coerced into cheating on Chloe. And it's not his fault. When you said that Tristan claims that Marilee was induced into labour due to a sexually transmitted disease, I automatically assumed that that was because it would have been from Tristan because Tristan is the one who sleeps around with so many different people, not her. No, no, no. He's trying to make out that she's the issue here. That's disgusting. Yeah, so Mara Lee has denied the allegations, revealing that she was actually induced because of a placenta abnormality. She also claimed she thought Tristan was single and denied that their relationship was just casual sex. She said they communicated daily and saw each other several times a month. She also said that he invited her to see him on Christmas, New Year's and his birthday. And I just feel so bad for Chloe seeing this play out again. And particularly with these recent allegations around the STD, because it would just be so not only humiliating, but you'd actually be very fearful for your own health. And sources say that Chloe is disgusted and disturbed by the allegations. Now, it's believed that Chloe has re-invited Tristan to the event for the sake of their daughter, True. Chloe does appear to be taking a leaf out of her parents' book and trying to stay civil for her daughter. But I think at this point, things have gone way too far. I do not think I would feel comfortable at all to have this person at an event with my family and friends. And I can only imagine how fucking awkward this is going to be because her family would be so furious at him. Well, sadly, this isn't the first time that Tristan has cheated on Chloe. However, the first time when it was made public was, of course, when Chloe was pregnant with True. And keeping up with the Kardashians documented what happened. And it was quite clear that Kim was absolutely furious. Mm. She could not hide her emotions. She deleted him from Instagram. And I feel like it's not going to be different this time around. If anything, they're going to be more pissed off. Mm. 
It seems like there is another awkward meeting brewing at this party because not only is Kim Kardashian's new boyfriend Pete Davidson invited, but so is her ex-husband Kanye West. God, this is going to be so awkward because it's pretty clear that Kanye wants Kim back because last month he shared a screenshot of a fake TMZ article with the headline, Kanye West says God will bring him and Kim back together, inspire millions. Now, Kanye tagged Kim in the post, which featured a black and white photo of them kissing. So I just feel like this is not an ideal situation, particularly if he's trying to win her back and she's there with her new boyfriend. In this situation, who do you think should go to the party and who do you think should stay at home? It is a tough one because I feel like Kim and Kanye have been very amicable. Obviously, Kim went to a lot of his album launch parties and she's been very supportive of him and the fact that Tristan Thompson is invited for the sake of their children obviously Kim wants to keep a close relationship with Kanye for exactly the same reason I think it's okay for both of them to come but I would be staying on separate sides of the room I'm sure that this party is big enough for both of them to exist without coming into contact with one another It's interesting, though, because I wonder whose house it's at this year because the sisters do seem to be rotating. Kim's had a go. Courtney's had a go. Maybe it's Chloe's turn. I do think if Kim was hosting, that would make it even more awkward in terms of who should Mm. be attending. It, It seems like things must be pretty serious between Kim and Pete if she is bringing him to the family Christmas party. Mm, Do you reckon they're charging per head for this party? (laughs) Jeez, can you imagine? It'd be pretty costly considering the last party was around 400,000 and the other one was 1.3 million. Mm. I do think it's funny looking back at the guest list of the Kardashian Christmas party because it seems like they've had so many awkward years in terms of guests because if you recall, in 2013, Tiger and Black China attended the event as a couple and then two years later, Tiger was there as Kylie's boyfriend and we all recall that Black China and Rob then went on to date and have a baby together. So it seems all a little bit incestual. And I do feel like the good thing about the Kardashians is that they do include everyone. There was a year when Caitlyn Jenner wasn't there, but she's back on the invite list. So who knows what will happen the year after? Do you know how much I would pay to go to this party? It would be the best people watching exercise. But I will just have to look out for the Insta stories and live vicariously through them on Boxing Day. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. I know I'm pretty stressed and have to go back and do some Christmas cooking. We hope you all have an absolutely amazing Christmas and we're thinking of you guys that are spending Christmas in isolation, but we're hoping once you're out, you can celebrate in your own special way. And if you do want to join in on the conversation, head over to our Facebook community, which is Outspoken, the podcast community. And we would love to see what Christmas Eve activities you're up to today. So if you are listening to the podcast while doing something special, please tag us in a photo and tag us at Outspoken underscore the underscore podcast on Instagram.